Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest-assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top-rated brands like the Tempur-Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase, good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for uh, business, sales, leadership, a uh, whole range of topics. And this is because of the guests. Um, these are folks who join me to share their expertise with all of you so you can get the answers you need and do better things in your business. Today my guests are Rob and Kennedy. Rob and Kennedy are the most unlikely entrepreneurs you'll ever meet. Sporting hairstyles that look like comic book characters and backgrounds in psychology, hypnosis, and show business, it's hard to believe they're serial entrepreneurs with an uncanny knack for building businesses with riotous email marketing. And I can vouch for that because I've seen these guys. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, uh, <laughs> an interesting conversation. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Aha, uh -huh. here we are. It's very comfortable <laughs> in here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me. So we're going to be talking about um, email marketing and surveys and, and ways for folks to, um, you know, increase their bottom line. Um, and, and so I am curious what you think is a big opportunity that, businesses have to increase their profit that's going untapped for the most no. part. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things that we, we all look at is we're all constantly chasing that new customer, aren't we? We're all going, right, uh, we've got one customer, great, and let's serve them and do a good job by them. But also, where's the next one? It seems to be like hardwired into us. People put the massive part of their efforts into finding the new customer. And it's hardwired into us, I think, from the back, back in the days when we were chasing the prey to survive. Chase the new prey, chase the new prey, chase the new prey. And it's kind of, and I think the other reason is there's so many courses and programs programs around there telling us how to get more new followers, more new email subscribers, and more customers. And that's great and everything. But I think one of the things you have to remember, if like reverse all the way back to like when we were in like high school and we learned about business studies, that the greatest opportunity for us to grow our businesses is by increasing the value and the spend of our existing customers. Hey, what a concept. So that's the biggest untapped thing, right? But it's not sexy. So for, you're talking about not sexy. Rob, what do you think? 
<laughs> I completely agree. It also requires it also requires a lot of bravery, I think, to go and sort of badger your existing customers who maybe have just bought something from you fairly mm. recently. Mm. Maybe we feel uncomfortable about now going back to them and saying, "Hey, remember that money you gave us? Do you want to give me some more?" Yeah, that can feel like an uncomfortable conversation. It can do if and you so, do it in a gross way. So I think what a lot of businesses do is they sit back and they wait for customers to come to them and go, "Oh, do you know what? Uh, I paid him for that thing. I could also pay him for this other thing." Right. Of course, that does happen from time to time. Very rarely, but it's completely out of your control. It's not scalable. You know, it's not manageable and it can easily go away and stop happening. Right. So we need to avoid that and get to a point where we're comfortable and have a really good way to go back to our existing customers and sell them more stuff. Sure. Uh, you know, this is so great. So this morning I was talking to a group of people and we were talking about the exact same thing that for whatever reason we were trained to be hunters Sure. Instead of hunter-gatherers, right. right, and nurturing the relationships that we already have, mm -hmm. we just keep moving on to the next. And, and really, it leaves those customers that we already have um, susceptible to our competition because we're not paying any attention to them. So they, they could easily go elsewhere. The other problem with having tons of customers is that as you, if you have like a massive business with loads and hundreds and thousands of customers, is that's a lot of customer support. That's a lot of things to deal with. It costs you more to have lots of customers. Where, so you've got like higher price of your CRM because they usually increase in price as you scale with the number of customers. The number of people you have to have supporting your customers and it's easier for people to drop through the cracks and feel unloved. Whereas if you have a really tight little cute little bunch, a little set, a little, a little bunch of customers who you serve really, really well, then you're going to have, like you say, they're not going to be exposed to your competition. They're not going to, you're not going to have that vulnerability. You're not going to have this massive problem. If you could like build your entire business on five really tight relationships, you're going to have really deep relationships. The competition becomes irrelevant. Uh, the, uh, the value of each of those th people becomes really, really high. And you probably don't need any customer support staff. So, hey, hello, it's quite a nice life, right? Yeah, boy. That's so interesting. Okay, so so so, what do they do? Like someone's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, that's great. I I would love to be um, building more business with my current clients, but I don't want to be selling to them. I don't want to be doing the thing where, hey, you know that money you just gave me, give me more, right? right. So, how do they stay top of mind and stay in that conversation? Okay, let us tell us tell you our go to method. Yeah, so you don't, you're right. You don't want to be a pig about this. You don't want to just go out there straight out of the gate and just try and badger people. So the comfortable thing to do is to take something that the, your customers are already comfortable and familiar with mm -hmm. and use it in an unconventional way in order to leverage a new sales conversation. What on earth could you be talking about? The way that we do it is with customer feedback surveys. In other words, it's something we're all completely used to. Not everybody likes them because lots of people sure. have done them wrong, but mm -hmm. we'll sort of explain that. We're going to use that to our advantage in a second, actually. Exactly. And so we're going to use the sort of model of a customer feedback survey to say to somebody, what did you think of what we just did? That's the first bit. Sure. But also to find out what it is that they want next and then use that thing to kickstart a new sales conversation. Aha. So imagine if your surveys were actually about looking at how well you did retrospectively for the piece of work you've just done for them. And then also cared enough about our customers to say, I know that by doing this one thing for you, but you're not completely fixed and happy. So what's the next thing? we can help you out with and then offering to help them with that thing. Well, that's not selling and also it's serving them better. And guess what? It also increases that customer value. So let's take a look at how we do that because the first thing is surveys, boring, disengaging. And the reason is they usually long and boring and disengaging. First of all, we're used to getting surveys from massive corporations. So big chains of hotels will send you them and big restaurant chains. And usually they look really ugly. So they're, they're, they look horrible. Mm -hmm. And they've got like a million questions to a page. And that's nine pages. That's nine million questions now at this point. Look at like you with your speedy mathematics. <laughs> there's loads of questions. <laughs> and they're not interesting. And they're not easy to fill out either. You know, how do you, how do you differentiate between whether you are extremely satisfied, somewhat 
satisfied, neither satisfied nor dissatisfied. Like these are stupid questions or worse than that, they'll give you a big text essay answer where you've got to type a thousand words about what the blancmange tasted like. And it's just nonsense. So what we need to do is to change the way that we do customer feedback surveys. And I mean, this is controversial, but we recommend if you're going to do like a customer feedback survey, put two questions in it, get feedback on two things. The first thing is, how did we just do? Like you said, the second question is, can I get some feedback on what else you need help with and where you need to be taken next? And it's not a sales conversation at this point. It's literally just discovery. It's finding out a little bit more about those people. Okay. So that's fascinating to me. Two questions. I would love it if I got a survey that only had two questions in it because I stopped answering a survey because it was way too long. And, course, and those questions are multiple choice as well. If I said to you, okay, great, you've just come in, you've, you've engaged in my service somehow, and now I'm going to say- And by the way, just to say, this is Rob, sorry to talk over you, but that might not be that they've purchased from you. When, this, when Rob was talking about they've engaged with you, that might be they've joined your mailing list. Yeah. They've opted in for some kind of offer for some way, a discount, a, a voucher, a coupon. They've a, registered for a webinar or something. Whatever it might be. Or it could be that they're a customer indeed. Sorry, Robert, you may proceed. Right. So the first thing you do is you quickly go back to them and you say, listen, how, how would you rate this thing that you received, this free webinar, this product you bought, this service you, uh, we delivered for you? And now you just give them an option from like zero to 10. And if they think it was great, they say 10. If they think it was rubbish, they say zero or somewhere in between. Now, if they say less than, I don't know, eight, we, we kind of use eight as our sort of benchmark figure. If they say it was an eight, nine, or 10, that's pretty good. If they say it was less than eight, you probably want to dig in a bit deeper than that and find out a bit more. You probably haven't served that customer as well as you think you have or would like to. So you probably want to go down a different route with them. But let's imagine for the vast majority of you who get like eight, nine, and 10 ratings, mm-hmm. somebody chooses nine out of 10 because they like to keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question appears, this is great. What else would you need help with from these things? And now you list five or six options that you help people with other things and then they can choose and they're all presented as pain points so that would be something like well i'm really struggling with this and i'm I'm finding it difficult to get this and i really wish i could have this and so now they choose the one that's most relevant to them uh you can ask for their email address that's important because we have this thing that anonymous feedback is pointless if i survey my audience of customers and i say what did you think of this service and 70 percent of them say it was excellent 28% of them said, oh, it was a bit ropey. 2% of them said, oh, I didn't really look at it. I now don't know. What I know is I've got some general useful information. I know, oh, great, 70% of people. In general, you're quite good. Generally, I'm doing pretty well. Not as well as I'd like to be, so I need to improve that. But what I don't know is who said it was good, who said it was bad, and who said it was indifferent. The thing is now, based on that data, you can look at it, but you can't do anything with it. You can't go back to John, who thought it was terrible, and go, John, I'm really, really sorry. How can we fix? this because the data is anonymous and it's not connected to anything. It's not connected to a human being. The problem with that is that now if you're doing email marketing, you're going to send out the same emails to people who thought you were great to the people who thought you weren't great. And suddenly we've got a problem. So those people, they, they didn't come ask for a refund. They haven't, you've got nothing in your system that says they thought it was rubbish. It's all in their head. And so that's a problem. The reason all of this has come about is because of the reason people have been using surveys. The, the way and the reason and the motivation for people doing surveys is usually because it's the right thing we should be seen to be doing. They're checking a box, whether it's a physical box in a corporation or it's a box in their mind of saying, we've done the right thing. Or it might be they're doing market research and they think that's the right way to do it. The thing is, if the reason for doing a survey actually is to serve every single individual person, not the people, but the person, so not a mass of people, but an individual person, then the game completely changes. And that's when you need a survey platform which actually will talk to your CRM so that all of that feedback you collect goes to the right place. So all of your customer data is in your CRM, not part of it over there in your survey platform, and then another part of it over in your CRM. And now you're kind of trying to figure out and look between the two of them on two different screens going, what, did, what does this mean? Does Sandra like me? But she said it was a bit sad that day. And oh, But she thinks I'm attractive, but also she hates green. I'm wearing a green tie. What am I going to do? It's confusing. Whereas if it's all in one place, now we can do really good marketing. We can make really good judgments. We can really good, make really informed decisions about people as individuals for one specific outcome. And that's the big thing this all comes down to. When we're running a survey, 
you might run a survey for a whole bunch of people it, for a whole bunch of reasons. It might be to just to segment people on your list to put the right offers in front of the right people. Or it might be if you've got a membership program where they're going to get overwhelmed when they join your membership program because you've got like 200 bits of video. It might be to segment them and show them the right content in the right content category in your in your in your. Uh, membership uh, portal or program. It might be to run a survey to, to, to judge people and figure people out and qualify them before they're allowed a discovery call for your coaching program. The big important thing here is to figure out the one single thing. The one thing you're trying to do with that survey and make sure it does nothing more, nothing less than that. And the one thing absolutely cannot under any circumstances be because I just want to keep a general finger in the air sort of view of how the business is doing because that's not useful to anybody. So it's got to be a specific thing that you want to know right? so that you can do something with that information. And that's it. It's about doing something with the information rather than looking at it and using it as an internal and this, tool. This is what gives us the difference between somebody who fills in a survey and said, I thought you were great. And then they receive sort of random promotions for whatever you've got going on this week. Oh, we're doing a special offer on pens. Uh, I better email the whole list and tell them about pens and hope some of them are interested in buying pens right now. And it also steps away from having somebody fill out a survey saying, you stayed in your hotel. It was rubbish. The room wasn't clean. The staff were rude. And then the following day, they get an email saying, thanks for staying in our hotel. Right. Would you like to book a different room in a different hotel? Like, and suddenly that, that falls over. One of the things Rob and I are completely obsessed with is this idea of segmentation. In fact, on our brand new podcast that email marketing show, we talk about, we're obsessed every single week about how do we segment better? How do we do it in a way that we can deliver a much more personalized experience for every single person? Because as human beings now, we expect a personalized experience. You sort of I, have to herd everybody into their own little pens, this little section over there and little section over there, little section over there. And, and that's exactly it. And the, the thing is, so for, for right now, I don't consume TV the way my dad consumes TV. My, my dad watches, puts the BBC one on and he's watching that show. He rushes home from whatever he's been doing, visiting my sister or visiting me to watch his TV show. I don't do that. When I want to watch Breaking Bad, I open up Netflix and I watch it on my schedule. We now, that's how we consume content, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So why are we doing it the old-fashioned way with our email marketing? And when we think of it that way, we're going, hang on, everything else in the world's changed. Everything else is on demand. Everything else is on my schedule, their schedule, every individual person's schedule. So why are we just, why are we broadcasting to people and, like old fashioned broadcast television? And you see it yourself. If you subscribe to somebody's mailing list and now they're emailing you stuff, you will very quickly within days, typically within the first couple of days, you will look at their stuff and think, Oh, it's just it's just not relevant. I'll just delete right. that. I'll pop that in a folder to read another day and I'll pop that over there. And the more of those emails you receive, the less you start to open those emails. And suddenly you become somebody who's disengaged from that person, which is incidentally worse than unsubscribing. If somebody clicks the unsubscribe link, at least they've opted out, they've disappeared and you won't email them again. If you have a big list of people and a bunch of them are just disengaged as they're not opening and clicking, Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, all those people are sending stuff back over to your email provider and saying... This, this person's not very high This person isn't sending good emails because all these people don't care. And that affects your deliverability rate. That stops you from getting into the inbox of the people who do care. That's the problem. That is so interesting. Okay, so how do you do segmentation? Right. So the thing is, at the minute, it's like, like Rob said, it's a bit like herding sheep, right? You have to figure out... So here's a really simple way. You've got some products right now. What I would do... Here's a little, real practical thing. You could go and just knock out in the next 20 minutes... Build a survey with two questions. Question number one, what did you think of the thing you've already bought from me? Rate it between zero and 10. That's easy. You've done that. That, that took you about mm, eight seconds. Great. Next part of the puzzle is list out just in front of you your, net, your other three, four, or five products. As long as you've got at least three, this is going to work just fine. All right? List them out and then rewrite the names of those products or what those products are as pain points that they solve. For example, if you teach, let's imagine you do like social media consulting. Some of our clients do that. Let's imagine you do social media consulting for small businesses. Mm -hmm. You will help some people to grow their audiences. You'll help some people by creating content for them. You'll help some people by helping them to monetize 
their social media. So there's three examples. So now you can say, well, for my monetization strategy course or the, the thing I help them with, I want to write a pain point about that. That would be, I've got a good following, but I'm really struggling to get those people to buy anything from me. Whereas if you're not very good at like, growing your following and that's, you've got a program which is all about grow your following, then you might have a, I'm really, I've tried everything I've, I've seen on the internet and I'm really struggling to get followers on my Instagram or my social media. And then you want one more question, which is just to ask for their email address, which you've probably already got because they're a subscriber of yours. You're sending this to your subscribers. Right. So you've already got it, but you do need to be able to identify. So you've got, you know, Anne is on your list and then she clicks on, on the link, goes to the survey, fills it in. You now need to know that that was Anne who filled it in. And there's two ways of doing that. One is by blatantly just asking for their email address, or if you've got a smart enough system, if your survey provider allows you to invisibly pass that Anne's email address into that survey, so you don't have to ask for Anne's email address again. One, Anne's going to like you more. And two, you're going to get a higher completion rate because it's only two questions. So now you bang that out to your email list and, hey, I want some feedback on that thing you bought from me a little while ago. Your list, go over there. They see it's just two questions. And you can like, even mention great. that in the email. You can say, oh, yeah. this is not like the service you're used to. It's two questions and it's, only, it's multiple choice. We have this philosophy we call clicking, not thinking. You want your subscribers to be able to just click something and not give it too much thought. So, so they don't have to type anything. That's really important. So you so can say, remind them it's that easy. Yeah, so it's two clicks and, uh, and it's, it's two questions. Awesome. So they get over there. They type how, they, they click on how, how well they would rate your product that they've already received and already consumed. And then they choose the pain point which they're currently experiencing. When they hit submit, a few things can happen at that point. The most important thing is you've tagged them or put them onto the right list, depending on how your email marketing system works, to say that that's the choice they made. Now, in your marketing platform, you can do a few things. One is you can go and check out who has what pain point. Secondly, you could kick off an automation which says which sends out a bunch of emails or communications or gives you a notification to pick up the phone and tell them about the product you have which solves the problem they've said. This is a real problem for me right now. You're not selling at this point. You're literally saying, you've just told me you've got a real problem with this thing. And it's a struggle. It's a concern for you right now because that's why they voiced that opinion in the survey. And now you go and offer to solve that problem. And so now we've just took a person from who spent one amount of money and invested in one piece of training or learning or product from you and added significantly to that. And we have not paid for a single ad. We've not spent any money on acquisition of customer. And we have brought that customer closer to us and gained their loyalty and respect. Okay. Does this work for any... Um, like? whether you sell a service or a product, does it matter? No, not at all. So we've, we've got customers at Response Suite who are using our surveys in order to do whether they're selling. So we've got some people who sell things on like Etsy and stuff where they sell like physical products, like jewelry e and, and that, kind that kind of thing. So we've got e-commerce people um, who use this, as you can imagine, like, what did you think of the bracelet you bought from me? Great. Which of these things you're also interested in? And then it all kicks off from there. Whether And coaches, or if you've got some kind of... Uh, service-based thing or if you lawyers got digital products. accountants yeah lawyers and accountants are perfect for this because so for example one of our lawyer clients a commercial law firm you go in hello help me with my intellectual property and and uh, put a patent around this around this invention i've got great so i get my patent and i pay bajillions of pounds or dollars for it and you have a problem because you don't know all of the other legal things that you probably should know because you're not a lawyer absolutely not i haven't got a clue and that's the same for all industries our customers don't know all the things we can do for them that's the reason they're not buying from us right that's the i mean that's one of the biggest reasons they don't understand everything we can do how many times have people said to us oh i didn't know you did that and you're like duh i've done that for years but that's, and that's because of education, right? Because they're busy worrying about their world, not your world. So now the lawyer sends out a two-question survey, which says, what did you think of the IP work we did for you? And you go, 10 out of 10, you're fantastic. My patent's going to make me rich. Question two, which of these things are you concerned about? And here come the pain points. My staff handbooks have not been uh, reviewed recently. Our terms and conditions, I'm concerned they're not tight enough. I'm concerned about, we're looking at our lease on our office building. There's just three examples. I check that box saying, I'm concerned about the lease on our building. I hit submit. A little thank you page comes up saying, thanks for that feedback. And now, 
Dave from the conveyancing department of, of that law firm calls up and says, thanks for your feedback. Please, you love the IP work we did for, for you. Um, I'm Dave. I'm from the conveyancing department. You said you were concerned about your lease. Do you want to have a chat about that? Hello, Dave just called me and like flown in like some kind of superhero and helped me out. And you don't feel sold to in any sense. You feel helped. Fascinating. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Sure. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Your Oxygen Mask First by Kevin Lawrence and Breeze to Succeed by Sandy Abrams. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. I think most of the people listening probably are doing some sort of email marketing. They're not necessarily doing this sort of surveying at all. Right. Uh, but they're probably sending the same information to everybody mm-hmm. on their list. They're, they're not segmenting. Uh, and they're not doing any sort of follow-up on the information they're receiving. Right. Right? So it feels to me like that is such a key element here that you have to have a strategy for what you're going to do with the information you're gathering. So we like to think of business, everything you do in business, and this is our like really simple philosophy is your only job at this exact moment in time is to take each person in your business and just move them along one little step. Now, the problem is you've got loads of different people in your business and therefore they're all at different stages. So by treating them all in the same way, you can't nudge them all forward. So for example, you've got some people who've inquired about stuff and they've never become a customer. Your only job is just to get them to become a customer. But you've also got customers who've been customers for the last couple of years and your job is just, you know, maybe they bought one thing from you two years ago. Your job is to get them to buy one more thing, not to become a repeat customer forever and ever and ever, not to join a subscription box or a subscription program or join your hire. You just need to get them from being a a one-time purchaser to a two-time purchaser purchaser. And then you've got other people who've been buying from you for years. Every time you put something out, they buy it. You need to turn them into some sort of brand ambassador, somebody who goes out and raves about your business publicly. And so the problem is if you're just emailing all of those people at the same time, you can't, you can't achieve any of those goals with any of them. So what you've got to realize is, well, I've got a bunch of people in my business who've only ever bought, bought, bought one thing and they've never bought anything else. All businesses have them. Right. So you might say, okay, great. I need to create a process for those people. The only thing I need to do is to get them from there to there, just from buying one thing to buying two things. So now you say, okay, great. If I could run a little survey that has an upsell process automatically, so they fill in the survey and it sends them a sequence of emails that is not about a random product and it's not about the product that I feel I want to push at that particular time of year. It's about the one that they need help with right now. In other words, it's selling to them on their agenda for the things that impact them you are going to move so many more people from being a one-time purchaser to a two-time purchaser instantly. Likewise, if you've got a bunch of people who've inquired about your product or service for a while, maybe they asked for a quote or something, and they've never purchased yet, you can send out a survey and say, hey, I noticed you haven't purchased this thing yet. Would you mind giving me some feedback on why? So it would open up. So how, how would you rate our, your experience of dealing with us so far from one to 10? Right. Say, Seven, you're excellent. And you say, great. Can I ask why you haven't purchased these luxury new windows and doors for your new conservatory yet? And they say, oh, well, I feel like I can't afford it right now. Excellent. Now you can offer them a payment plan because you know that's their problem. Or, well, I didn't trust the salesman very, you know, you, they're going to give you their objection. And we absolutely recommend doing this. There's no harm in asking why people haven't bought from we you. We have a number of clients running this exact campaign right now. Every time they do a launch, when you get to that certain day of the launch where you're like, I need to start closing it up now, sending out an email which says, hey, take the survey, tell me wh- how I can help you because you obviously haven't bought the program yet. And then overcoming those objections in real time what this kind of level of integration with real time and real one-to-one marrying up of people's information in a survey allows you to do is create a virtual consultative cell that you could only ever usually do one-to-one by asking people what their current problems are and what their current objections are. You can now do that in a way that allows people to be more truthful because you're not there in front of them. So they're, they're not so worried about hurting your feelings. They can be more truthful, which means you get to more of the core of why 
And secondly, you can do it at scale and you can automate it because the big mistake we think that people make with surveys is they only drop them into their business once or twice a year rather than have them as a permanent feature within their campaigns. Because why would you only want to segment people once or twice a year? You want to know as soon as they join your list, as soon as they become a customer, what they thought of that and how you can help them going forward. So you can speed up how quickly you can help each person. So that sounds to me like you have an automated system where once someone makes a purchase, depending on what that purchase is, there's a particular survey that goes out to them with those two questions right. so that you can instantly receive feedback that then you can instantly respond to. Yeah. Yep. And we actually used to do wow. this, this. We used to do this manually for years and years and years. We used to download CSV files from a survey platform every Sexy day, stuff. upload them into our email platform and then segment them manually. And it was okay. It's a little limited. Like you can't do, you can't get like a matrix of information. So for example, if you ask somebody a question, you know, uh, what age bracket are you? What's your big fitness goal right now? And how much can you afford to spend on personal training with me? You would struggle to build. You've now got a bunch of different things because you've got three different options and somebody going to have it be a combination of them all. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be three different questions. Sorry. And if they've got five different options, that's three times five. I don't even know what that calculation is, but it's a big number. Yeah. It's and three so, to the power of five or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's so that means you've got big. loads of different little, little sort of sub brackets of people if you like right. and so that's very difficult to manually do so it's a little bit limited doing it manually and of course if you don't do it every day people fall through the cracks but we are actually more truthfully a virtual assistant used to do this in our businesses every day for about four years and eventually we decided we would build our software that would automate it that's that's what we do now um but at the time that that was how we did it and that just so that's what it kind of takes to make it happen yeah okay i, I appreciate that because that's what i was thinking you have to have of uh, if this, then that sort of system sure. set up so it's doing it automatically because I could see a lot of small business owners never getting to that right. stage if they had to do it And what you want to do as well is you want to set it up once, put it into a campaign so you never have to touch it again. That's really important because you want this thing to be efficient because if it's not efficient, two awful things happen. One, it eats into loads of your time. And let's be honest, we're all small business owners here. We're only a team of seven. And uh, we haven't got time to do all that stuff. Time is super, super right. precious, right? And secondly, if, if it's not automated, you can't serve people in real time at the right time every time. And this is about doing this at the right time every time. So with something like, for, I mean, for example, with Response Week, we decided that by someone filling in a survey, we want to be able to put the right message through an email and the right offers through, a, through the, sending them to the right thank you page straight after the survey and show them the right ads straight after filling out the survey, depending on the choices they make in the survey. Because what that allows us to do is create marketing that creates what I like to think of as, you know, do you remember those choose your own adventure stories that we all used to love as kids, where it was like, if you, if you think you turned, turned left down the path, turn to page 32. And if you think you turned right down the path, turn to page 74. It makes your marketing like that. So that no one's going through exactly that same system, but it's really simple because all you've got is four different paths. You write those four paths once and you never have to look at it again. It sounds really hypey, but it's a shortcut to you becoming or building a loyal fan base. You become yeah. the person that everybody respects in your industry. Because, Not just because your stuff is good, but because everything they ever see from you is totally relevant. And they think you're the person who's talking to them most relevantly too. While every, every, while every other guru whose list they're on is sort of hitting and hoping and beating people over the head with this mass marketing. One of our pals, Natalie from Boss Babe, talks about the fact that the best, I'm going to sort of paraphrase a little bit, but the best marketing that you can do is the marketing where it feels like you're in your customer's brains. Right. right? And we love that. And that's totally what powers our thinking. And so basically what we need to be able to do is to make sure that every time somebody sees a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad or a Google ad or a YouTube ad, or they receive an email from you or they get a phone call or they receive a piece of direct mail through the post, everything they see is totally relevant. So for example, if you're, you know, again, selling fitness consultancy, maybe you've got a little gym facility hmm. and people come and join, you want to make sure that you never send them an email that says, if you are such and such and such and such, then this is going to be you, right? Because the way that you would train somebody is going to be very different if they're a man to if they're a woman or if they're young to if they're older or if they are, you know, recovering or training for a man. Yeah, exactly. Their goal is going to be different. And so you become the person that everybody loves and respects 
and worships by being the person who only they only ever see you saying completely relevant things. This is this is so incredibly valuable. I'm I'm appreciating this information because the whole one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this is that the information you provide is relevant to the person you are providing it to. That's it. Right? Relevant. Yeah. 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 Huge. One of the problems we face with email marketing. So the official statistic that they, I don't know who they are, but the official statistic that they say is that the number one reason why people unsubscribe is because they receive too much email. Now, what that means is that if you, when people unsubscribe from your email list, a bunch of the email providers will give them some options to choose from. And they're things like, I didn't sign up for this. The emails aren't relevant. Uh, so the emails, I received too much email and this, that, and the other, and people can choose them. And the one that gets picked the most officially in the world across all the platforms is I received too much email. And so that's become quoted as the reason why most people unsubscribe or disengage from your emails. Now we, just us, (laughs) dispute that publicly. Let me tell you a quick story about that. If you were a very attractive lady and you're emailing me 20 times a day to tell me how gorgeous I am, I am never going to unsubscribe from that. What if you got 200 emails a day like that? She can carry on. A thousand? Carry on. <laughs> Suddenly we realize receiving too much email isn't a thing. Receiving too, too much irrelevant email is the thing. Yes. So if you send me two, if you send me one email a week about playing football, I will think I'm getting too much email from you. Right. Exactly. So it, receiving too much email, never a problem. That's like having too much money. Too much too email much. from the wrong people. That's what it's about. Exactly. So yeah, wrong relevancy is 100% the key. So the big question, a big thing to take away from this, apart from how lovely we are, is really to sort of lose sleep over the question of how can I become more relevant? Right. So stop. When, you, when you're going to go and write an email, you should never be at a point when you write an email and you click the button that sends it to everybody on your list. When you write that email, stop and say, Who does this help the most? Who does this help? And what do I need to know about everybody on my list in order to make sure that this email only goes to the people it helps as opposed to another email I could write this afternoon or tomorrow that's going to go to to the people that that's going to help? Because when people receive your email, you want to go, holy cow, this person knows exactly where I'm at and how, and they, I think they can help me. And that's how we need to position ourselves. Okay. So I have a question for you about the subject line because I'm trying to figure out, I, I think that's one of the biggest things people struggle with, um, to, to identify what's inside the email, which is a big reason why a lot of them don't get open. But when it comes to sending a survey, what's the subject line to get people to want to open it? So right. a couple of things. First of all, you're going to want to send a few emails about the survey because with the best will in the world, nobody is going to open the email. Sorry, not everybody is going to open the email, click the link and fill out the survey on the first. You're not going to get a hundred percent because we don't want any of our emails. So we want to make sure we've got a chain of like three, four or five emails that go out to the people. If you're going to do a mass broadcast of your survey. So there's two phases to this. Of course, the first phase is make the survey and do it to everybody on your list and then build it in as an automated campaign so that everybody new coming in goes through it. So when you do the sort of mass broadcast one, you want to make sure that you send out three or four emails. And likewise, with the campaigned one, you want to make sure they go through three or four emails. And if at any point they fill out the survey, it will tag them in your email system or it will pop them on a different list. It will do something to make sure that they are segmented out of receiving the other emails. What you don't want to have is you sending an email out saying, hey, if you didn't take the survey the other day, please go and complete it because all you're doing now is punishing your hyper responders who did take the survey. Right. So what happens is you send out these emails. And for me, actually, when I do it personally, the first subject line is almost always quick question, first name. So, you know, quick question, Kennedy. Yes. Uh, something like that. That's almost always my choice of first subject line. Uh, and truthy, it's a little bit of a lie because there's two questions. Uh, but, Naughty. But yeah, quick question. And it literally says, listen, I, would just, I just need to get some feed. I, I want to get your opinion is this sort of opening copy because everybody, as you always say, Uh, If social media has taught us one thing, it is that far too many people have opinions, especially on things they're not qualified to have an opinion on. (laughs) Ask for those opinions and they're ready to give them. I'd love to give you an opinion on something. So you ask for their opinion. So for me, the subject line is usually like quick question, first name. Another really good one is how can I help? All in lower case works really, really well because that feels like I'm going to open it and this is a personal email from you. This needs to really feel like it's a conversation. So you want to know that. Uh, So uh, how can I help is a really good one. Wow. Okay. How can I help? Quick question. Oh, I like those. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so so. <laughs> What was I going to your mind, haven't we? You've, you're oh like, your brain God, over going, oh. Swear to God. Swear to God. Um, okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I get it. This makes sense. Sure. How do they know? Would you say that any email marketing platform out there has the capability of doing this, or are there certain ones that do this really well, others not so much? What do you think? Totally. Yeah, totally. So one of the things we do is um, we, we're totally unbiased because ResponseSuite as a survey platform actually integrates with many email marketing systems. So, and they all have their own quirks and they, their own advantages. Basically, the thing they all have in common is they allow you to segment people in different ways. Some of them, such as uh, Aweber, for example, the classic allows you to put people on different lists and that's their way of segmenting. And that's great. Uh, others like uh, Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign or uh, many of those, HubSpot, do, do it sort of by tags. And that's another way of doing it. So, it's just about looking at how do you put, how do you identify the differences between people and, and creating a convention within your system that allows you to go, oh, I'm only going to email the people who are in London, and then you can do that. Or I'm only going to mail people who really want help with this particular problem, and they're the people who are in that segment of my list. Segmentation, the big thing with segmentation is it sounds really clever and big. It's really not. It's just putting a note next to somebody and saying, this person has this interest or this person has this issue. Like, I think the email marketing gurus have used this like segmentation word to make themselves sound really clever. It's really self-aggrandizing. It's not. It's just that little moment where you have, you know, a bit like on your phone contact, you have some people marked as like, family and some as friends and some as colleagues, that is segmentation. The fact that I put different pieces of paper for my taxes into different folders, that is segmentation. And segmentation in email is actually in two steps as well, by the way, because putting the tags or the little notes or putting them on different lists actually doesn't do anything if when you come to send your emails, you click, right, everybody and send the email. So that's, right. that's the other thing to bear in mind, of course, is that everyone talks about the clever methods of getting people segmented. Like we talk about with surveys is our favorite way to segment people. Sure. But actually, now, now you have to think, okay, great. So now when I go and send an email, that's the second bit of segmentation. It's now to choose the segments to whom this is going to be most relevant. So, so it's really a little two-step process. In terms of how you do it, I mean, I can tell you how, sort of how simple it is in the likes of Response Suite. And there are obviously other ways of doing this and other platforms to do it in. But just to show you how simple it can be, literally, if I have a, a, a three-option answer to my question of what you need help with right now, and I'll go with, your Rob, your example of the social media person. Yeah. If my first question, my first option, in that what do you need help with right now is building my audience, then I'll relate that so that if anybody chooses that, I'll have it in my email marketing system, tag them or put them on the list called build audience. So if somebody checks that, they automatically get that. So now that any, any automation I want to kick off with that will be kicked off. Or every time I want to send a broadcast out to them or a big campaign, they will only, only those people will get it. And the same for the second option, which is how do I create more engagement with my audience? So if anybody checks that one, I'm really struggling to get a reaction or response and engagement from my, my audience, then they'll get the help with engagement tag in my system or put them on that engagement list and so on and so forth. So it, it needs to be as really simple as that. Like you don't want to get too complicated because complication really just gets complicated and confusing and basically it can break stuff. That's why we boil it all down to two questions. When we first started off, this was a five question process. And over time, we've whittled it down to really, in many cases, it just being a two there's a process. few exceptions. Of that. course, of course there are. For the most part, two questions. Yeah, but you can get it down to two questions most of the time. So let's really keep this simple. Don't like that, let this at all blow your mind because actually what, what the point is that the technology does all the thinking for you. Whether you're using Response Suite or a different survey platform or you're using ActiveCampaign or Aweber or GetResponse, whatever the heck you're using, the technology needs to do all the heavy lifting for you. All you need to do is think about the simplicity of what do I need to identify about each individual person what questions do I need to ask about that to, to identify that they have that need or concern? And what's the tag that I need to segment them in my system, in my email marketing system? That's really it. It's not more complicated than that. Yet, even though it's that simple, and it really is that simple, if you've got questions on it, by the way, do just tweet us. Like, we are real human beings, and we reply to every tweet. Just at response suite. Rob and I will be in there, and we'll help you out. We'll 
totally delighted to do that. And it's our pleasure. And we learn so much from it. So it's, it's, it's really our pleasure to do that. But any, by doing all of that and by just doing it like that, you, you've got all the information you need. You don't need to take it any further than that. And you've, you really have got everything you need to, know to power what you need to do next. And if someone wants to do this with, so they have never done this and they're thinking, okay, well, I want to do this with my current client base. Would you advise that they break that client base down by what they're providing those clients? So they, so when they're sending out their two question survey, they're sending, you know, that that it is targeted and specific, or is there sort of a, Hey, all my clients, here's, two questions that will then help the company whittle it down. So we hate the answer that it depends, uh, but in this case, it sort of does. Most of the time, There's two ways of doing I'm it. I'm really. quite lazy. Most of the time, I would create a survey that is generic and send it to everybody because actually, I don't really care what they bought. I'm just asking for feedback on the thing they bought, and that's totally fine. Okay. I'd love to know how did we serve you, and that, that's that's specific enough that they know it speaks to them. I am a customer. However, most people and most people are doing some segmentation. Most people are already segmenting, as you've implied, that, that you know. I know that the, these people bought this product and these people brought this service and therefore I can just send to those people. And that is segmentation in its basic form. Sure. So if you have the, if you have a little bit more time and you want to sort of clone your survey so that if you've got product A, product B and product C, you could send product A purchases a survey where the options are product B, C and D for what else they want help with. And likewise, you can have one that you send to product B and you only offer them A, C and D. But truthfully, that's the super advanced way and I wouldn't do we that. We don't do it because we're super lazy. Okay. And it doesn't need to be that complex instead just send out the same survey saying which of these things is you know how did you first question is what do you think of the thing you've already purchased from us but that second important identify what we call the key question that's what we call it the key question all it has to be is which of these things is your current struggle and if they're still struggling with the thing that you sold them the product for in the first place that tells you something so yeah. it's useful ah. and right? So now, and because you can tie that response to the individual, because you've hooked it up with your email marketing system, now you can do something about that thing. So Bob said, I really need help to quit smoking. And you've sold him that product. And now you send them the survey and you know, a year later, because maybe you're just doing this now for Bob and he bought it a year ago. Mm-hmm. That survey says, what, which of these things is your big struggle right now? And it says, well, I really need help to quit smoking. Well, now your system can go, well, Bob bought the smoking program, the quit smoking program. And uh, he says he still needs help to quit smoking we haven't delivered there which means he's not going to go and say good things about us like this isn't working i can follow up with him and we can try and work that out or does he need the next level he did he buy an audio book on stop smoking and now you know he already bought that but he still hasn't stopped smoking does he need one-to-one tuition does he need some personal help? So what does that tell you about that information right and don't get too hooked up on this it's literally how did we do and here, what, what is your next problem? If you got, if you can figure those two things out, and you know, throw them over at us on on Twitter or something, and again, we can workshop that with you. We're happy to do it. Um, so that's that's. If you can keep it that simple, you know, once we talk about how big and grand, and what's incredible about this is it's really simple. But as you can see, the impact it has on your business is massive, and that's why when when we tell people about it. Because of that, they can see how much impact it's going to make on their sales, on their relationship with every single person in their list, how it's going to lock out any chance of people moving to the competition. They, must, they believe that somehow it must be difficult. It must be complicated. And the idea that something that has such big impact being so simple is quite difficult for us humans to understand. And yeah. it's two questions. It's two <laughs> questions. We talk about it as being a tiny shift in the way that you do email marketing that has a massive knock-on impact on every email you ever send. Right. Because from that moment forward, not only do you have the ability to turn that inquiry into a customer or that customer into a repeat customer or that repeat customer into a high-ticket client, you also have the ability to make sure that every email you ever send from now on. <laughs> so you have a little campaign now that can turn that person into the next step in their journey. But every email you ever send out to that person can be strictly relevant because you have that information about them. It is it's so huge. I mean, I, I love this, and I so appreciate you guys joining me and sharing it. You're obviously passionate about it, which is also uh, an Maybe enjoyable thing to listen to. <laughs> The reason we're so passionate about it is because we also get far too much irrelevant email. And we, if we can fix this problem in the world, then we're going to be less upset about it too. So please, people, stop doing it. <laughs> How 
me help you. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Fix the world, world peace. There we go. There we go. Okay, how can people find you? Well, before we tell you that tiny little thing, we have a slight confession to make. Yeah, that's it. We've been playing a little game throughout this episode, and here's here's what it is. You know, I'm a hypnotist. He's a mind reader. We play with influence and dropping ideas into people's minds and all of that stuff all the time. So at the start of this, we decided we'd play a little game. So before we jumped on the call, we chose a theme, a topic, a sort of a a topic. So for example, it might be food. It wasn't. Or it might be the play. circus. Yeah, the circus, which it wasn't. And then basically we've used little metaphors and little sort of interesting word phrases and stuff. We've dropped the theme in throughout. It's got nothing to do with segmentation or growing your business. It's very silly. So for example, if it was the circus, mm-hmm. then we might have said, oh, we're just clowning around. That kind of thing. So we've yeah, used little yeah. metaphors. I'm on the high wire about this. Exactly. And we want you to try and guess what the theme is, uh, listeners. And so what you can do is if you think you know what it is and you might have to listen back through again because you didn't know it was going to be there, then you can tweet us at Response Suite with whatever you think it was. And if you get it right, you can win a prize. Don't know what the prize is yet because we've just made this up, but you have a prize. It'll be be a great prize. (laughs) You will love it. However, uh, back to your previous question, (laughs) how people can find it. We've actually got a really special deal uh, for anyone who would like to try out Response Suite and give it a go. Um, so what we did was uh, you can grab a, a $1 14-day trial. So you can try it out for two full weeks for a dollar. Now, don't go and do that at responsesuite.com. Do that through the website that we're going to give you shortly because uh, we'd actually like to give you some extra stuff. So the first thing is when you grab your 14-day uh, $1 trial through the link we're going to give you in a second, the first thing you'll get is a four-part video training course that we put together called the Survey Marketing Masterclass. And we teach eight full campaigns. We've touched on some of them here, but eight full campaigns in detail, every email, when you send it, why you send it, how it works. And uh, you can then take that and start using those campaigns. So that's the first thing. And actually, it was $497 when we used to sell it. Just for that course. You can't now buy that at any price. And you get that that just for taking that $1 trial. The second thing is we would love to work with you to build these surveys. They are really simple. But if you want our insight, we're going to give you the option once you take that trial as well for either Rob or I to jump on a call with you for sort of 20 minutes and build your first survey with you using our expertise. And you only get that when you go through the special link as well. Yeah. So the link to go to for that stuff is response suite deal dot com forward slash accelerate so if you go to response suite deal dot com forward slash accelerate that's where you'll be able to grab that deal wonderful i will make sure that that is uh that's a link in the in the show notes as well when we get it up there that is terrific well gosh guys thank as i said i mean thank you so much i've so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation (laughs) So did we. You've been a great host and making us look good. (laughs) Ah, well, thank you so much for that. And listeners, thank you. I would also like to thank our sponsor. Uh, And if you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, Goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.